Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or start WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. My name is Lori Fass and I'm here today to talk to you and answer your questions about your pet's behavior. Uh, this show alternates between myself and the veterinarians and this month's schedule is a little bit off as far as an even swap. I'm here this week and I'm here again next week. And then the last Saturday will be the vets. So um, I try to post this on my website. Sometimes I look there myself, so I know what's going on. <laughs> I also check my own website to find out when the start dates for my group classes are, because I teach in a variety of different towns. Uh, one of the towns I teach is West Hartford, and I just started that class today. Um, and I have a class starting in Windsor next week, on Sunday. And all of my classes, although they are sponsored by the towns where I teach, are open to anybody. So you don't have to be a resident of the town to take the classes. So I just want people to be aware that I do have spots open in my next Sunday group in the town of Windsor and how you sign up and where it is and all of those details um, are on my website. And uh, I had shared with everybody that uh, I had taken some time off. And so today was the first day back to working with dogs and doing appointments. And after taking two weeks off, it's sort of like I feel a little bit like I'm going, you know, jet lag uh, is setting in. Um, as part of my two-week vacation, I got a new puppy. And my puppy is uh, now coming up on, oh, just about 12 weeks old. So it was really nice and tiring having this little pup and having the time to spend with him to get him on the right track. Uh, when he first came home, he uh, just, I mean, his awareness of peeing and pooing was just basically, you walk, you have to pee. You know, it's, there was no awareness. Let's just put it that way. And now he's um, at a point where, I don't know he's going to go to any heroic measures, but he will uh, walk to the door and sit at the door. So if I keep an eye on him and see him heading for the door, we're in good shape. So uh, he's a cute little guy, keeping me busy, a lot of fun. Oh, we have a caller right away, so we're going to go to Carol. <clears throat> Hi, Carol. 
Hi, Laura. Oh. How are you? Hi, Good. How are you? I'm okay. What's up? Good. Our daughter has rescued a healer mix. Okay. Uh, approximately two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he has some aggression. He un- un- unprovoked bit a young lady on her hand. If um, the dog is with my husband and I happen to call... Um, the dog will hear my voice and he'll go after my husband. Um, really? Okay, wait a minute. Let me just, <clears throat> excuse me. If if your husband is home and, and, and you call, call on the phone, phone and the yep. dog hears you on the phone, that sets the dog into some kind of a weird thing where he goes after your husband? Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I I never heard that before, Carol. <laughs> that's a, that's a new one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he- he likes my daughter and he likes me, but uh-huh. he's very, very standoffish um, with other people. He mm-hmm. does go after my husband, like I said, and he's gone after my daughter's boyfriend's father as well. We think he probably was abused at some point in time. It's so hard to know. Sometimes one of the most profound things that affects dogs is just simply lack of exposure. So, you know, he could have been abused or he could have never had any experience positive or negative with very many men and uh, can tell the difference this is these are men these are women and I don't I don't know any men so they're weird but you know it doesn't even really matter why I think it's more important what we're going to do about it so um, you know I'm trying to understand why he would what he thought was going on with the phone and of course I doubt he thinks this but I'm thinking uh, to myself oh he thinks that maybe you're stuck in the telephone or something which is of course a ridiculous idea but Get her out of there. But anyway, so let me ask you this. Whose dog is this? This is our daughter's dog. And does your daughter live with you? No, she does not. Okay. All right. Because one of the first things that I say to people is whoever's dog it is, is the or whoever is mainly in charge of the dog, is the one who's going to have to take control of the particular dog in question here. And this is not, you know, this is a tough one because anytime you're talking about aggression where a dog is potentially going to maybe even hurt somebody, uh, it's kind of a touchy ground here. But if I was going to give a general answer to the question, it would be that um, this dog needs to understand that he has to prioritize your daughter's judgment about who and who is not a threat, not his own. So even if he's uncomfortable, it's like you might tell your children, well, you know, just because you don't like somebody, you don't get to be rude to them. Okay. And so, you know, again, it's not, it's not something that some questions people ask me, I can say, well, just do this, you know, use a can with pennies or, you know, keep the leash on your dog. But this is a little touchier. Um, one of the things that I'll sometimes do while in the process of trying to get a dog to be comfortable where I don't trust if maybe they're going to bite, maybe they're not, is I will muzzle train them, which basically means sort of like, crate training, you get the dog used to wearing a basket-style muzzle that's comfortable, uh, and he can wear it without feeling as though he's, you know, something terrible is happening to him. And by having that on, we can have him around people that uh, he might 
potentially bite, and then we can all relax a little bit because that's going to that's going to contribute to it too. Uh, okay, so. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that he needs to understand basic commands. He needs to understand that, uh, you know, for instance, if let's say, you know, again, this is not something that is magically going to happen, but, uh, if he understood back up, if he understood stay, if he understood leave it, if he understood, you know, just simple commands, he could be redirected in a way when he started to make these bad kind of judgment calls. But, uh, that's not something that, Oh, just do that. And I can just verbally tell you that if your daughter wanted help, I think she really needs to have a a person that can really walk her through this. Where does she live? Where does your daughter live? Uh, She lives up in Wethersfield. Um, She does put a basket muzzle on him when she takes him for a walk because he is unpredictable. Okay. So maybe we should use that in the house. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, but, you know, I think that certainly um, we don't want to put them in a situation where everybody's nervous because, you know, these kinds of dogs are very smart and very sensitive. And if you're getting upset and who wouldn't, if they think potentially the dog is going to bite somebody, then that makes the problem worse because now everybody, there's all this tension in the air and he may misinterpret that to mean, oh, yeah, see that? This is causing a problem. Let me take care of it for you. So he needs to understand okay. it's not his job to take care care of it for you you need to tell him this is how we act this is sort of the basic guidelines that when somebody comes you have to back up you need to stay you need to leave it you need to go to your place that kind of thing okay so just a good strong correction with a word he understands when he starts to well he should have he should have a leash on him trailing uh you know you need to get him on control with something that you can grab him with um and he needs to have very strong obedience training around distractions reliably. I'm sure he can pick this stuff up quickly, but it's a matter of getting him to do it even when he's in an aroused state and even when he doesn't want to. Um, And again, you know, I'm giving you the general picture here and certainly putting the muzzle on is going to even the playing field a little bit, but it's the type of thing that, you know, I'm talking to you on the radio, so I'm trying to give you some answers and not that I wouldn't do this on the phone either, but um, if you had called me, uh, you know, as an inquiry I would say, you know, that I would tell you the same thing I'm telling you now, but I would recommend that you hire myself or somebody to get over there and work with you because I consider when a dog is actually biting to be a te- potential serious issue. Yes. Okay, great. Okay. Well, those are some very good tips, and I thank you very much. For okay, time. well, good luck with your dog, and if you have any other questions, I always tell people they're more than welcome to contact me off the air as well. Okay, thank you, Lori. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye now. Okay. Okay. Do we need to go to a break? Okay, we'll be going to this break. We will be right back. Welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. My name is Lori Fass, and I'm here today to talk to you about your pet's behavior or answer whatever questions you might have. 
I'm here till about three, and the lines are open, so I'm going to share the phone numbers one more time, which are 860-522-WTIC, which is equal to 860-522-9842, or 1-800-966-WTIC, which again, 1-800-966-9842. So before the break, we had a caller who had talked about a dog who seemed to be very uncomfortable with men, and uh, she was speculating that this dog may have been abused by a man, which is, I'm not going to say it didn't happen, but I think that why dogs react the way they do or why animals react the way they do to different types of people, different genders, different personalities uh, is sometimes a little inexplicable. It just her saying that this dog was uncomfortable with men reminded me of, well, I, I guess it's kind of a funny story, but it wasn't funny in some of the instances that these things happen. Um, I was working with a family with their dogs. They actually had, I think, six dogs, but they also had a male bunny rabbit, a cute little bunny rabbit. And the the bunny didn't like any animal or human who was male. Didn't matter who they were. So this little bunny would hurl himself at their male basset hound, knocking over the baby gate. And I mean, it was like that, uh, bit from Monty Python with the killer rabbit (laughs) and the rabbit knew if a cat was a a male or a female Um, but if you were female it didn't again didn't matter what species you were they said they had a, a small little female child human and the bunny couldn't have been cuter or more cuddly or you know just great cute little bunny and then the gentleman who owned this bunny rabbit said one day uh, he was in the kitchen because the bunny had run of the kitchen. Um, he was bending over to get a pot or a pan underneath one of the cabinets. And as he bent over, the rabbit went after him and attacked him, which is crazy. But the rabbit did not have any bad experiences with men ever um, and why it chose to select um, male, female, gender things to dislike, I, I really don't know the answer to that. Or another example of sort of kind of strange um, behavior, or I don't know if it's strange or quirky, idiosyncratic behavior. A lot of times people think that animals don't like it if you're afraid of them, or they will tend to uh, be more uncomfortable with you or maybe might act aggressive to you. And certainly there are animals that will do that uh, typically and not, you know, certainly not each individual case, but a lot of German shepherds. If you are very sort of unassertive and frightened acting, they're going to think there's something wrong with you and often will act in an aggressive way that they wouldn't if you just acted very relaxed and uh, acted normal or assertive or whatever. On the other hand, just to compare and contrast that, I had a mastiff, a female mastiff, and uh, she liked people that were scared. 
if you were afraid of her, and a lot of people were afraid of her because she was, oh, probably about 160 pounds and brindle, and um, people would look at her and assume that, you know, she was aggressive because of her, just her size. She really was a very sweet dog. But if you were afraid, I think that she thought that uh, she needed to win you over in some way, or she's very motherly, and she thought maybe she needed to uh, take care of you poor, pathetic person who's a, who was afraid of her. But I remember on many occasions, she would just very gently walk over to um, people who were petrified of her and just sort of gently nuzzle them until they got comfortable with her. And so again, you know, why is uh, that particular dog attracted to people who are afraid and other dogs going to take advantage of people who are afraid. And there's just so many different variables with uh, why an animal might or might not act a certain way. So, for instance, another example is uh, I met a family that had adopted a Rhodesian Ridgeback from a breeder. And this dog was pretty much at the kennel from the time it was born until they adopted this dog. And the dog was about six months old when the dog was adopted. And this particular dog really, really liked children, very much liked children, was very gentle with them, was very friendly and loving with them. And I said, did your dog ever have any experiences with kids? And she said, no. And I said, are you sure? I, I asked her multiple times because it was just so uncanny how much this dog loved kids. And the dog had lived a pretty sheltered life in this kennel. Uh, this particular breeder did not have kids. Uh, you know, I even asked her to just kind of double check that. And the only thing that I could compare it to is I think that with humans, for instance, how many people really, really like animals and how many people just really would prefer to have them stay away from them? Now, why is that? Is that because they were raised around them or not? I don't really think so. I grew up in New York City in an apartment. Um, there weren't a lot of animals around me. I lived in an apartment um, I mean, obviously, there are animals in New York City, but it's not like um, the suburbs or being on a farm or something like that. And I've always, always loved animals. Uh, and I think it's just an inherent thing. So I believe it's the same thing with, uh, with animals, that some animals like certain types of people, certain types of things. Some, I had a Newfoundland years ago, and he was not raised around children, but uh, I'm not saying he never met any kids, but he had an innate sense to be gentle with little children. And uh, this was not something I taught him. He just knew this. I remember one day he had his head on the floor and his head was the size of a little stool for a, like a little toddler sized stool. And this little two year old child came and sat on his head. Now, some dogs would probably get upset with that. Uh, and certainly, even if he weren't upset, if he just raised his head up, he would have catapulted this child across the room. And he knew to keep his head very still and he's very gentle. And he was not a quiet, laid back dog at all. He was rather a hooligan as far as Newfoundlands go. I remember walking him down the street one day and uh, there were three men. The guy in the middle was carrying a pizza and he almost 
got that guy's pizza. He was lunging for it. He thought that pizza was for him, and he didn't want to hear anything else about it. So this wasn't a quiet, demure kind of a dog. Yet he knew to be very, very careful. And, uh, you know, I keep bringing up my new puppy, uh, whose name is Arrow, who is a uh, miniature North American Shepherd. He's about 12 weeks. He weighs 12 pounds. He was just at the vet. He weighed in at 12 pounds. And I have a friend who has a 200-pound male mastiff named Andy. And I thought it might be nice if Andy met Arrow. And uh, I have some pictures of this. I wish I had video. It was hilarious. They got along fantastically. Um, Andy had some kind of sense of, okay, I'm big, you're little. And so he would get down and lie down and just be very careful. And he would allow Arrow to jump all over his head, jump jump on his belly like he's a trampoline. And they, they had a great time. But again, it wasn't something that was taught to Andy. Uh, okay, here's a 12-pound dog. You better be careful. He just inherently knew that. And uh, he loved Arrow so much that when I put Arrow inside, because he was getting tired. His little puppies have kind of limited attention span. He started crying and he wanted to follow Arrow back into the house. So in any case, Arrow and Andy are now new best friends, but it just goes to show what type of variability you're going to get with dogs and why. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to go to a break and we will be right back. Johnny is a joker. He's a bird, a very funny joker. He's a bird, but when he jokes my honey, he's a dog. His joking ain't so funny. What a dog. Johnny is a joker that's a trying to steal my baby. He's a bird dog. Johnny sings Hello a and song. welcome back like to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass. And I'm here today to talk to you about your pet's behavior. If you have a question, we have lines open. I'm here until about 3, and the numbers are 860-522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. So 522-WTIC or 800-966-WTIC. And I always invite people to contact me off the air if you'd like. And the easiest way to find all of my contact information is through my website, which is lorifassdogtraining.com. And you'll find my email, my phone number, and it also lists whatever group classes I have coming up. And I have some uh, training tips on there and some links that will give you some useful information and uh, places where you can get things. So uh, we have some callers. So I'm going to go right to our next caller, who is Rich. Hi, Rich. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What's going on with you today? Okay, so we've got, uh, we had two cats. One is a Maine Coon cat. The other one was a Manx the Maine Coon Cat was our first. He's seven. When he was about a year old, we decided to get him company for the times that we had to be away or worn around. Okay. So we got this uh, rescue cat. turned out to be a Manx, which we had no idea. And was an absolutely wonderful cat. It was older. But the Maine turned out to be a little bit of a bully. Okay. So he would, you know, essentially they never drew blood. There was occasionally hair flying, but certainly... 
typical cat, I guess, territoriality. So we had to put the older one down a couple of months ago, and we really miss having a second cat. So the um, older one was the Maine Coon cat, who was a bit no, of a... it's the other way around. Oh, the older, okay, yeah, okay, the seven-year-old yep, is yep. the Maine. Yeah, and, and what gen- what were they, or gender-wise, males? Both theme? neutered males. Okay, all right. And the the Maine is um, he's acting out to some extent. So when we went away after we put uh, Rumpies down, when we went away, the Maine. Uh, pooped on our bed, and he pooped on the sofa, and then he's better now, but then he lost about 20% body weight. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, and so that's gotten better. He's he's pretty much back to, to quote, normal for him. Well, when you uh, noticed that he was having all these other symptoms, mm-hmm. did you address any medical issues? Or? Yeah, we did. Okay. We, we took him to the vet, and all right, so everything's turned out fine as far as that goes. So um, were, was he losing weight and having these problems because of medical issues? No. It was a, an emotional? Eating. Okay. Yeah. So even though he was beating the other one up, they guess mm-hmm. they had sort of a dysfunctional relationship there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he, you're speculating that he misses the other yeah, cat. Yeah, and uh-huh. at times in the middle of the night, he'd start you know, howling or especially looking for the other cat. And so our question really is, it's my wife and me, the question is, do we get a kitten or do we get, we were contemplating getting two young cats well, uh, if you get or... if you get two young cats, the two young cats will probably, especially if they're litter mates, bond with each other, which maybe isn't going to be good for your other cat. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and I think that um, I was talking earlier about dogs who sometimes bully animals who are uncomfortable or are uh, afraid or people that they think they can bully. So some cats, for lack of better. Uh, label, I'll say, tend to be sort of pariah cats because they're so nervous that, you know, it's almost like a joke to pick on them. And then Mm -hmm. there's other cats that it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, I I had a cat that I'd found pretty much as a stray and probably a Maine Coon cat. And Mm -hmm. he was one of the nicest cats I've ever met. He Mm -hmm. wouldn't take any garbage from any other animal, but he would never, ever in a million years start anything. Uh, But if somebody started with him, he'd make sure you understood, okay, we're not going there. Right. So I think if you picked a very calm, very confident kind of a cat, that mm-hmm. it's probably less likely that your other cat would bully him. Right. Okay. Yeah. And generally speaking, uh, in cat land, um, two male cats tend to get along better than mm-hmm. male and female cats. That's okay. not always the case, but they're kind of like on the same wavelength. Um, right. So I would lean in the direction of getting e- either a kitten or a very young cat, but get one that is confident and mm-hmm. one that isn't afraid of things right. and one that will look at your cat as like, yeah, whatever, buddy, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. We do have a German Shepherd also who's four. And when the cats would start fighting at four in the morning, it was so easy. I would just, the shepherd sleeps by my side of the bed, and I'd say, go break it up. And oh, okay. they would run down the hall wherever they were, break it up, come oh, back. that's over. good. Yeah, that's handy. Yeah, it was. That's really great. Yeah. He's good about that. So. Okay. Yeah, I would. if it were me, I think I'd probably get a young cat or a kitten, probably a male, and mm-hmm. just try to find one that's calm and confident because mm-hmm. I think that makes a big difference. Right. And, you know, obviously from what you've said, we could pretty much say that your cat definitely misses having another cat around. So. Sounds like it. I know. It's funny because the, the one we had was a rescue from a ghetto in Baltimore, and he was, he was a tough cat. But, you know, he's, he was a Manx who was maybe nine pounds, and uh-huh. the Maine Coon is like 20 pounds. Right. So it's 
unfair. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's so many different dynamics that go into this. You know, um, yeah. I've known of bigger animals to get bullied by littler animals. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think it's really as much a, a temperament issue as it is a size issue. And right. if you, you know, get a cat that you think is, you know, not going to be... Uh, right unnerved by all this other silly nonsense and despite their weird strange mm-hmm. relationship <laughs> they still obviously liked each other so now, how about the introductory phase how do you handle that well usually when you bring a new cat in the first thing that you need to do is get that new cat comfortable with a spot whether it's a room you know some kind of space in your house so your cat isn't acclimating to animals and space simultaneously Okay. And then once the cat is comfortable in that space, then you can kind of gradually introduce them. You might even put the new cat in a carrier or in a dog crate, Mm -hmm. and uh, then the dog and the cat can see him in something that uh, Mm -hmm. he's not going to run away, but he's safe. And depending on the personality of the cat, a lot of cats will very quickly acclimate and say, oh, well, big deal. Who cares? And your dog is used to cats. Um, So, you know, I think it's just cats in general need to feel safe in their environment. That's the primary thing. Okay, great. Uh, Can I ask you one more question? Sure. Okay, so traveling, we were, this one breed, this Manx, is impossible to find, apparently. So we found a couple out in Colorado, of all places. Mm -hmm. And we have, we have family out in Colorado, so we thought we'd combine a visit with maybe bringing home one of their, they have a one-and-a-half-year-old male cat neutered. Um, and if that worked out, is there any magic to getting the cat home without essentially having an insane animal on the plane? Um. Well, I mean, some animals will do better if they're actually sedated. Uh, You'd have to talk to whoever the vet over there is going to be. But I think that uh, if the cat is used to being in a carrier... Mm -hmm. Um, that that's going to be less stressful. There are those pheromone sprays that you can use, but, um, you know, I think that if a cat's never been in a carrier and then you put them in a carrier and then you put them in a plane, that's going to be different than, okay, I'm okay in the carrier. So That's when I'll need the tranquilizer. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) You know, with this opioid epidemic stuff, a lot of veterinarians will not prescribe any sort of opiate-type drugs to pets because you hear these god-awful stories of people taking their pet medication. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, it used to be you'd hear stories about people eating their dog food, you know. Well, yeah, I guess. In some cases, that might not be a bad choice, especially with some of the premium foods they have. <laughs> 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 yeah, you could try pulling that off. But anyway, okay. All right. Well, I hope that was helpful for yeah, you. Yeah, you've been very helpful. I really appreciate it. Okay. I love your show. All right. Thanks for calling. Here. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Um, okay. We have Morgan. I what he was just saying, um, some of the pastry dog cake and little snacks they have. I was at a dog birthday party. They had a beautiful dog cake. And I saw somebody sit down, cut themselves a piece. They were about to eat it. I had to interrupt them. And to this day, I wish I had just let them eat it so I could observe the reaction to what they thought this cake was like. But anyway, so, okay, we're going to go to Morgan. Um, hi, Morgan. How are you doing? Good. What's up? Um, my dog Jasper has a tendency to get into everything when when you're either home or you're not. Okay. And his new habit now is he's starting to pee in the house uh, in front of my wife. He's how, never how, old done is, how old is Jasper? He's 11. And what kind of dog is he? He's a uh, coonhound mastiff mix. 
Okay. And um, is this peeing new? He, he yeah. Did okay. So is he neutered? Yeah. Okay. So whenever I have a dog who is, or a cat, who's older and they're doing especially eliminatory peeing, pooping, whatever, in a way that they haven't done before, I would want to make sure there isn't anything physical going on. Did you check into that? Uh, no. Okay. So, for example, um, if he had reduced kidney function, which is really common, he might need to be on a lower-protein food. He could have a urinary tract infection. I mean, I'm not even going to go through all the list of things that it could be. I mean, you can okay. call when the vets are on. They could probably give you a more comprehensive list. But even if they do that, you still need to have him brought in to make sure that uh, there isn't anything wrong with him because if that's okay. the case, it needs to be treated. Okay. okay. So then sure. the other question is, you're saying he's getting into things, and so I have the same question. Is this new behavior for him, or is this something that he's always done? No, he has always gotten into everything. Okay. He's gotten to the point where we have gated off, like, everywhere that he can get into. Well, what, what exactly does he get into? Tell me what he gets into. Uh, garbage, and he likes the cat litter. Oh, that, that's eats, delicious. Are eats, you kidding me? All dogs eats, like that. <laughs> he, he eats cat poop, and it's like... Well, all dogs like cat poop. I mean, that, uh, if that were a dog biscuit flavor and dog went <laughs> shopping, that would be their first pick. So, yeah. I mean, there's certain things that I, I feel should be uh, addressed more through management. So, for example, um, I have my litter box upstairs behind a gate that my dogs can't well, actually, they could get over it, but they know they're not supposed to, so they don't. Um, but right. your dog is big enough. There's on my website uh, under, I think I have it labeled as keep your dog out of the litter box. It's uh, basically a, a hook and an eyelet. So it, it basically the idea is it opens the door enough that a cat can fit through it, but a dog can't fit through it. Okay. So the door stays open. Um, and, uh, you know, to put a litter box on the ground and say that a dog won't go in there, I'd say more dogs do than don't. Okay. Yeah, it's like, so, it's like a buffet for them. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> what are you kidding me? <laughs> put little toothpicks in there. Yeah. Look, <laughs> another, yeah. another tootsie roll. <laughs> That's right. Have that and some dog cake and have a party. But anyway, uh, so I would mechanically keep him out of those areas. Now, I was talking earlier that um, I have a new puppy and in my downstairs bathroom I always had a um, garbage can with a lid on it and yeah. my oldest or my youngest dog just turned six and so I got a new garbage can without a lid on it well guess what I'm getting another garbage can with a lid on it today <laughs> because yeah, he's, he's going in there and so if you have open garbage cans get a garbage can with a lid on it yeah well he destroyed the uh, lid he destroys the lids and then when he, once he's done with that, he spreads it all over the house. Oh, great. I mean, like, everywhere. <laughs> he's a busy fellow, isn't he? Well, I yeah, mean, I, 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 my wife wants to put him on anxiety because. It's every time we leave the house, that's when he when it's the worst. Well, he maybe you know he's busy. I don't know that he's anxious. He's probably having a good time. Um, uh, so one of the products that um, I'll use that I just put on wires and edges of things because as my puppy's getting a little more mobile, and I'm tr you know he can go up and down stairs now. Um, there's a gel uh, made by a company, and the brand is called Fooey, F O. F-O-O-E-Y, -O 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 -E I believe. 
Okay. okay. And yep. normally the products that you would get are typically the products that you would get uh, as taste deterrents are liquids. And when they dry, they aren't particularly effective. So some dogs are very turned off by those types of products and it'll work even after it dries out, but mostly not. But Fooey as a gel is pretty nasty tasting and it stays on there. You just have to be careful. You don't swipe it and then take a lick yourself. But if you wanted to keep him off of the lid of something um, you know it. if you put that on there he'd be like yeah this is not really well I, he uh, I can tell you horror stories of <laughs> what he's gotten into where it's you know he's had to have surgery you know oh, yeah. to remove things yep. and it's yeah, that's why everything is gated. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if it were me, I think my first priority would be let's try and get him not to get into these things when you're home. And I'd be going back over, you know, he's a puppy. He's got a drag line, like uh, some kind of leash. If he's going to eat that, I'll have it be a chain leash or a cable piece. And I'm going to be watching him every second and, uh, you know, redirecting him to things that he should have that he might like. Uh, and then when I'm not home, I figure out how I can contain him where he can't get into things. Now, I've seen people where they've literally set up, not when I say kennel, I don't mean a crate, because a lot of people call a crate a kennel. I'm talking about an actual kennel kennel <laughs> um, yeah. in their house. And I don't know how big your house is or how your setup is. Um, well, I, I think that's my wife's next thing, because she had mentioned the same thing, where if we're not home, we just gate them off and you know, to a certain section of the house. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, put a pee pad out if we have to, you know, if it, in case it happens, but just to get it up, you know, when we... Yeah, leave, I wouldn't. I mean, there are, there are dogs that I have had that I've never trusted them in my house loose, ever. Their whole life never trusted them, okay? Most dogs, over time, I will trust them. So, right. you know, generally dogs who are kind of destructive... Uh, maybe two, age two or three, they're okay. Um, but I, one of my dogs who was a pit bull uh, was just absolutely like a demolition. I mean, yeah. it was awful. There's no, there is this no is, yeah, way. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be like a chill, relaxed dog oh, yeah. with the breeds that you're mixed with. And it's just like the minute you turn your back and you're outside and you're, you know, once he sees you leave, it's like, yeah! Yeah, he's, he didn't get that memo, apparently. So no. the other question I have for you is, what things do you give him to play with and chew on that he likes? Uh, absolutely. We give him raw bone, you know, the raw, mm -hmm. you know, the raw hide, um, any treat or like one of those rubber balls. And he doesn't, he, he gets, you know, he chews on them for a little bit and then it's just like, Whatever. That's okay. not what I want. Well, what I've done for um, dogs that, you know, tend to be rascally, but they're fairly good as just general dog treats, is an actual raw beef shank bone that you get okay. from the butcher or the supermarket. I have them cut off the knuckle part and I freeze it. And the bone itself is very thick. I don't like the ones you get from the pet store that are cleaned and steamed and, I don't know, smoked or whatever, because those are brittle. And yep. so the uh, raw, big beef shank bones, uh, I don't even know how my dogs manage to get the marrow out of it because they hollow those things out. But most dogs really, really like those. And okay. so if you had those for him, uh, that might be something interesting. But, you know, I mean, 
sometimes I'll give dogs things to play with that uh, uh, I don't know how I even feel about it myself. Or but you know, it keeps them busy, keeps them out of trouble, like um, cardboard boxes. Yeah, well, you can't do that because then the cats get into it. We have a cat that has a habit of chewing up boxes or anything that's paper or. Well, when a you box say chew related. up, do you mean chew up and he'll, swallow? No, he'll he'll break pieces off and then leave them on the floor. Break it off, put it on the floor. Break it off, put it on the floor. Right. Well, that I mean, there are things that I let my animals play with. They make a mess. They pull the stuffing out. They chuck it all around. They'll play with cardboard and shred it up. And if I give it yeah. to them and they don't swallow it, so I just clean it up. Big deal. I mean, I I gave you this box. You shredded it. You made a mess. Okay, so I can clean that up. That's not the same thing as, oh, that's another remote control that I have to now replace. <laughs> okay. So yeah. There's certain things. I think, I guess what I'm saying is that dogs like to shred things up. It's fun to rip things up. No, it's the cat that does that. The cat does it? Okay. Well, I mean, if the cat likes it, I'm not against it as long as it's something that you don't care if it gets ripped up. And I'm just saying that dogs tend to enjoy ripping things up. And I'm suggesting that maybe we give your dog a box, assuming he's not going to swallow it, so he has something that is okay, approved, nobody cares, and it keeps him busy. We're trying to keep him busy. (laughs) Uh, All right. I'll uh, I'll figure something out. Uh, thank you for the advice. Okay. And, uh, I'll uh, we'll I'll figure something. We'll figure something. Yeah, out. but I would have them checked by the vet too because I'm a little concerned about that peeing, especially since it's new behavior. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the most thing I'm concerned about. Yeah. Okay. Well, have fun. I mean, right. you know, <laughs> some of the things the animals do are pretty crazy. But <laughs> if not yeah. for that, I wouldn't have a job. So I can't. That's complain. what. That's, yeah, that's why they're family. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye now. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I mean, some of the things that I have seen dogs do in terms of destructiveness is, I mean, I wish I had taken some pictures of some of the things I've seen. I think probably the most impressive thing that I ever saw, if you want to call it impressive, was a hole that a Labrador dug. And the Labrador was very sort of small, lanky, field-type Labrador. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you that the hole that this dog dug in the backyard was big enough that I could take a picnic table, put it in the hole, and I could have buried it, and you would never have seen the picnic table again. This was something that you could literally climb into. I've never, ever seen anything like that. It was just amazing that, wow, I mean, that that was probably the best or the worst hole that I've ever seen a dog dig. But I've seen things like um, a a couch that was stripped down literally to the frame, uh, all of the cushions, not just the, the back cushions or the throw pillows, but all of the stuffing of the couch was completely shredded and it looked like you know it was just being made at the factory. Um, I knew a dog that um, was in his crate And the crate was locked. He never got out of the crate, but he managed to hippity hop the crate all around the room, knock over a lamp, get books out of the bookcase, suck them into the crate, shred them up, pull the curtains into the crate, rip the curtains up. And then when the people came home, it looked like a tornado went off in their house. And there was their dog wagging his tail, happy as a clam, still in his crate, unless somehow he got out of the crate and went back in when they came home. But 
I don't think so. <laughs> and then another time, um, I was going to someone's home, and uh, this was before I made it a habit to call in advance and make sure they were there. I don't go to people's homes if they don't answer and say, yep, we're here. But in this case, it was kind of funny because it's like, okay, this is a karmic payback for not being there for your dog training lesson. Uh, they had a kitchen that was a big uh, sort of circular kitchen and uh, all the lights were on and there were a lot of counters and you could see into this kitchen driving up to their home and they had a Doberman who was hippity hopping around the kitchen tossing garbage everywhere. I mean I could see from the driveway that garbage was flying up in the air. Garbage was on the counter. Garbage was on the floor. I don't know I, obviously he got into the garbage can but I don't know what else he got into but I mean it was, he probably needed a shovel to clean up this mess and the dog was having a heck of a good time but you know, some of the things, a Siberian Husky who literally chewed through a wall in the house and made himself a dog door from one room to the next, okay? So, um, you know, when people tell me that their dogs are destructive, like, um, I guess his name was Jasper, <laughs> the dog that the guy was just talking about, uh, you know, I'm sure it's not fun what he's doing, but uh, I think people very much underestimate what damage dogs can do. And so, you know, trying to get your dog crate trained, trying to find some proper confinement, trying to train them early on so they don't do these kinds of things is a really, really, really good idea. So anyway, we're just about ready to wrap up Pet Talk. My name is Lori Fast. This is the Behavior Edition. I'm going to be back again next week, and then the following week will be the Veterinary Edition. And thank you for tuning in, and hopefully I'll be talking to you next week. Okay, have a great day. Bye-bye.